Welcome back to Podcast 13 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality Bets, please visit Shot Quality and use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. Get a new perspective in betting college basketball. If you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber. It's all about college basketball, my friends. And we have been ramping up all season in college basketball full speed ahead. I was 62% last year during March Madness. You can get my package for 300 bucks for the rest of the year. Any odds breakers packages, you can get a free polo for anybody signing up just at least one month. You can go month to month if you like to get our premium plays from any of our handicappers. I'd also like to welcome new premium handicapper in Eric Rocco to the Ozbreakers. He's absolutely been crushing it so far in the NBA. He has lots of sports betting experience, lots of just numbers experience in the industry over the past 10 to 20 years. Check out Eric Rocco's stuff. We're sharing his articles. He's just been on fire so far at the Ozbreakers. Our guy Sean Kanaki has been on an absolute tear in college basketball. Can't forget about Michael Fordham as well, who's been rolling Patrick Gates, get your golf articles out every single week. Plenty of hockey plays, awesome podcast. If you like the NHL, you definitely want to tune in. Patrick at Gator Betting, Chuck at Franco the Banker, Betsky at Gretzky, Betsky's, and Jordan at Shot Props. Make sure you check those guys out as well over at theoddsbreakers.com. We have a great show for you. This week, because we have Will Hill from VEASAN and the Gold Boys podcast joining us to talk a little bit of everything. We're going to talk some baseball, a little bit of NFL, and of course, we're going to talk about college basketball for this massive weekend. It's all about college hoops right now, and it starts right now for anybody just getting off the NFL. Before Will comes on, quick touch on the Super Bowl. I tweeted about it enough. It was an amazing game up to the very end where somebody else decided to be the star. Even in saying that, the Chiefs outcoached the heck out of Gannon on the defensive side of the Philadelphia Eagles. So not sure the Chiefs would have lost that game either way. But we know how the NFL goes. And I was pretty happy of my prop bets. I was actually down about two units, hit all the bigger ones, dodged a lot of bullets. A lot of people took the Hertz under his passing yards, under his rushing yards. The narrative I had with the Super Bowl was correct. Pacheco over Kelsey over Kelsey parlay with the touchdown and the over 75 yards receiving, which he only went to 81, by the way. Some people probably 
that has had some cojones to middle that. I know of a few of them right now. One of them might be our guest actually coming on. But, you know, all in all, uh, it was a great Super Bowl to watch. Just a ton of scoring, tons of excitement all the way up to almost the end of that game. Want to talk a little college basketball, of course, before Will comes on as well. I'm going to go over some of the trends that's been happening in college basketball so far for the year. And this is via covers.com away teams, 2,158 to 2,257 ATS away teams are only 48.9%. That means home teams are 51.1%. So slight edge to the home teams. If you look division or actually conference by conference, uh, the big 10 probably pushes that home team margin up a lot more uh favorites only 49.6 percent dogs 50.4 percent uh i find it interesting looking at home dogs at 51 52.5 percent that's actually slightly profitable you beat the juice at minus 110 by a tenth of a point roughly there so if you bet all home dogs you've been slightly profitable uh home favorites not really profitable 50.5 percent being that there's minus 110 juice on that. Let's look at totals. Non-overtime games, you are looking at overs at 2,054 and unders 2,122, so slightly more over or unders in non-overtime games. And obviously, the weird thing for overtime games, it's massively to the over 89.2%. Usually it's around 80%. So I'm kind of shocked that it's 89.2%. Now we know overtime is a killer for uh, under betters, but a lot of times, uh, you know, the the numbers in itself lean enough towards the over that the totals, even in overtime, aren't quite 90% like it's showing right now. So I find that a little bit interesting, but uh, we are going down the stretch now. And I think that some things you might want to watch for is teams that might have kind of given up when they're on the road or sometimes even at home. You know, some teams have absolutely no chance of making the NCAA tournament and they might just kind of mail it in uh, down the stretch of the season. It's been a long season on them mentally and physically. They might jump up and wait just till their conference tournaments for one last hurrah. So kind of be watching out for that. I'll be watching for teams on the bubble because they're going to try to make a little bit more of a case uh, down the stretch here to make the big dance, especially if they're playing somebody that's already in the big dance. Think about motivation here uh, coming towards the end of February. Heck, some of these conferences like the West Coast Conference with Gonzaga and St. Mary's only have about three games left. So they're almost in conference tournament time via the end of February and March Madness. Time for a little buy low, sell high. Think big. Think positive. Never show any sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Starting with buy low. It's going to go to Vanderbilt. I know this team won four in a row, so you're probably thinking buy, we're buying low on this team. But here's the thing. Liam Robbins is healthy. You know, they kind of midseason lost him for about four games. Uh, he's a fantastic player. He used to play for the Gophers. I remember just thinking that this guy was a massive stud. Well, now he's on Vanderbilt and got a 
appreciate what Stackhouse is doing. Very winnable games versus the lower half of the SEC kind of coming up. And the fact that Vanderbilt, I mean, they feel a little bit like a Nebraska. They're in in a way like ranked 91 on Ken Palm, but still very dangerous here. You know, 14 and 12, they think they can make an argument to get in the tournament. One of those teams trying to get on the bubble. Now that they have a win against Tennessee and Florida, they are certainly a little bit more in consideration now. So think a little bit about Vandermelt. Only uh, 90th, but the last few weeks since February 1st, they ranked 33rd on Bart Torvik. TCU, you know, a couple weeks ago I said sell high. Now it's buy low because they lost some games. Mike Miles Jr. is going to be back, I think, as soon as Saturday. I think their four losses in a row will be long forgotten. I see some motivation coming for the Horn Frogs. Uh, Gonzaga, believe it or not, I'm going to say buy low on Gonzaga. This team is uh, basically here for their schedule because they have St. Mary's at home, which is going to be a revenge spot. They're winning that whole game, got tied, and then lost in overtime. Mark Few is going to have his guys ready against St. Mary. As I, I can imagine, Gonzaga is going to make a big push to try to beat them. And funny, the numbers are going to have, you know, Ken Palm's going to have St. Mary's almost favored or a pick em. My guess is that the market's smart enough to have Gonzaga at least minus three. Anything under minus five, I'll be hitting this one. It's time for sell high. Marquette, I mean, they just barely got through Xavier. Won at the last second shot by one point. They're just not quite 12th in the nation. Um, They have a big game coming up versus Creighton away next week, and they can certainly have a hiccup versus DePaul or Butler down the stretch here. So I'm going to sell high on Marquette. I'm going to sell high on Virginia, unfortunately. They only rank 228th in free throws. They can't shoot from near proximity, only ranking 89th. I hate teams that can't finish at the rim. Uh, Usually at home, I try to stay away, but on the road, they are certainly a fade. Certainly some hiccups could happen to them down the stretch. And finally, Kansas. The remainder of their schedule is brutal because they face the top teams in the Big 12. Baylor this weekend at TCU, who's going to be motivated. West Virginia and Texas Tech might be the pushover, but finally at Texas. Ouch. Very rough patch for Kansas kind of going on. I think they could drop two, maybe even three of those five games that I just mentioned. This could be a spot where you just auto-fade Kansas and see how your bankroll is doing after that five-game stretch. Now it's time to get into, well, Major League Baseball, Little NFL, and college basketball with our guest, Mr. Will Hill. Now I'm very excited to welcome back a great mind in the sports betting in- industry, and Mr. William Hill from VSIN and the Gold Boys Discord and Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at not the Will Hill. Will, thanks for coming back on the show. We are smack dab in the middle of college basketball. How's life out east? Kev, what's going on? It's actually it's pretty warm out here. It's the 60s, which uh, for, for you know middle of February is sort of unheard of. It feels like opening day sort of weather, but it's uh, it's a long ways for that. We're in sort of that bridge period where football's over. We're not in March Madness, so. Uh, it's college basketball every day. It's time to maybe recharge the batteries a little bit. Before you know it, we're going to have 
you know, day games, conference tournaments, NCAA tournament, which to me is just as good as any time uh, during the sports calendar. So I'm uh, I'm excited. Oh, me too. You know, and baseball right up your alley. You're very sharp at baseball. I'm excited to talk a little bit about baseball too because pitchers and catchers just right around the corner here, right? Pitchers and catchers starting to report. You're starting to see, I mean, DeGrom is already hurt, which you can't even make it up. He was uh, removed from a spring session yesterday. So, yeah, well, I think we're like a week away from spring training games. We're, what, 13 days away from March with the Super Bowl being later and later every year with now 18 weeks in the regular season. It just sort of sneaks up on you. Valentine's Day sneaks up on you. Usually there's a gap between the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day. It was weird. And it was like this last year, too, where it's like the Super Bowl ends, then you have one day, and then boom, Valentine's Day, and <laughs> you look up, you're in the middle of February. That's right. And it, it is it, you, great way to put it. I think about this the last two years as the Super Bowl got pushed up, adding a 17th week in the season. I mean, funny, this, uh, the 85 Bears won the Super Bowl on January 26th, I believe. Um, and I'm just looking at my black hair to make sure that's right. Can barely read yeah. it. So. It, it, it's weird, and it's like a little bit more of a distraction now. I'm kind of like, eh, I barely got time for the general public, I guess, to be interested in college basketball. But it just, it's flying in full colors now. You know, I mean, everyone's going to be jumping on, and literally, some teams have two or three games left until their conference tournaments will. Right. Yeah, and you look at the NBA. There's like twenty something games left, and we're not even at the All Star break, which I don't know when that happened either. Where. You, you played three quarters of your season, then you had an all-star break. I mean, you think of the all-star break, you think of the mid-season point, but we're far past that. And yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people sort of diving into college basketball, maybe for the first time with with the NFL ending. It's, you know, the casual fan, the casual better doesn't have time to just look at everything around the clock like we do. So no. I think a lot of people probably jumping in for the first time, figuring out who's good, you know, who's not. It's obviously a year with a lot of parity, so it should be a fun tournament. Oh, it's going to always, yeah, I can't wait for the tournament, but I'm actually just anticipating you know having fun every weekend until it's like it's almost like the tournament feels a little too close to football and i want to have a little more time with my college basketball but you know what i've been doing it every weekend and uh i really got deep into it when conference seasons start but we'll talk about that i want to talk a little nfl because you know it's funny now it's not like it was five years ago. The NFL doesn't end for us really anymore because there's lines that come out right away. Lines used to come out after the draft for futures and season win totals, and it used to be the offshores coming out first. Now we have DraftKings, we have FanDuel, Betfred, all these amazing sports books that you know start to put out lines very early. As a matter of fact, you can bet on the Super Bowl next year. So uh, obviously we had a crazy game in the Super Bowl, very exciting uh, now we have an NFL draft, and uh, you know that's kind of the next thought process. Do you have any NFL draft thoughts or plays to this point? Not yet. I do think NFL, uh, the NFL draft is really beatable. I think a lot of the sports books really got hit on the chin with it last year. So I'm curious, you know, who puts up what and how many op- props they offer, how many just offerings there are, because you know when the books they don't like to lose. So I think that some of them are going to be a little shy about putting stuff up. Haven't bet a ton lately. I you know haven't bet a ton yet. I don't think I bet anything yet. I do think it'll be young going first. Uh, but again, I'd like a little more information about that. To me, it's going to be a quarterback. I think the Bears do one of two things: draft draft young, which I don't think they'll do, or trade the pick, auction the pick, and you know move down. And whoever moves up will pick the quarterback. To me, the Bears two things: that pick is too valuable to not trade it. And the Bears have too many holes. I know Carter's a, a tremendous player, and you want to get a big-time defensive player, but the Bears need so many things. I think you have to move down, collect a bunch of picks, and trade it to somebody who needs a quarterback. So I'm, I'm sure a quarterback will go one. 
you know, Young is basically a coin flip, a small favorite. My guess is Young goes first. You know, it's so interesting, and I haven't made a play yet either. I'm showing you the odds. Bryce Young minus 160, CJ Stroud plus 330, and then Will Levis at plus 550. Everything is tying into this rumor, and I, being a Bear fan, I see all this crap, you know, and I actually see the Bears doing something, you know, interesting, talking about trading fields. Do you have any quick thoughts about what's going on there? I I'd be surprised. You're more tuned in than I am. I, I you know I thought they were pretty adamant that they wouldn't. You never know if they're being honest with that stuff. Personally, I would. Young's cheaper. You get a you know two years younger, two years more of a rookie deal. To me, I, look, Fields has some elite traits. I'm curious what your thoughts are on him. To me, he just takes so many hits. He takes so many sacks. I I worry about him staying healthy. You know, taking 250, 275 hits a year at his size, I don't know that you can sustain that. And now it's hard to judge because he doesn't have great receivers, doesn't have a great old line. I get all that. But man, I, I I think Young now, Young's tiny too. Young's no sure thing. None of these guys are ever a sure thing. I'd be interested in, you know, seeing what I could get for Fields and drafting Young. I my guess is they won't do that. Maybe you have some information though. Well, I, I don't have information, but this is a great rumor to start if you're the Bears. Because yeah. all it does is make that pick more valuable. If there's a team that really wants Bryce Young, them the Bears' smokescreen of trading fields makes what they have to give up way more in that situation to get to number one. I mean, that's why you see the odds, you know, as a quarterback, because the Bears are most likely to trade down. But, you know, if they did trade fields you would have to think that they fell in love with a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud you can cross if that happened first of all let's just speculate I highly doubt it does I think it's just a great move that they're throwing noise in the media right now I think it's it, it, you know just playing people like that that's that's what I wanted to see out of the Bears for years by the way it won't be CJ Stroud he came from Ohio State you are not going to drop the mentor of CJ Stroud for that so if that's the case and the Bears do trade, you probably almost have to make a bet on Bryce Young, and maybe they get some good capital for it. But secondly, I disagree that Bryce Young is better than um, Justin Fields. Justin Fields looked great in college, and there was a few hiccups every once in a while, but there was no – Bryce Young and – they both had amazing offensive lines, amazing offensive lines, you know, just big guys, the best athletes to play with. Fields is four inches taller than Bryce Young, He's probably faster than Bryce Young. We saw him run. Is he more accurate? Maybe not. But at the same time, we said that about Hurts for a while, that he right. isn't that accurate. If he, it, I think you're just taking a gamble off someone you kind of work with and not. It would be a smug move by a GM that just said, this wasn't my guy. Now I want to start over with my guy, and then you can completely fail. And that's the same deal with what happened with Mitch Trubisky and all that. Now, what I will say is Will Levis at plus 550 and looking to go in the first round, I, I I look at him as possibly the Mitch Trubisky of here. Now, what I will say is like a lot of times the people overanalyze, and that's exactly what happened to Mitch. Mel Kuyper, oh, Mitch Trubisky is the best possible. You know, I remember everything about it as a Bears fan. You know, the truth is I kept saying he didn't have a lot of experience in North Carolina. He was beat by bad teams. You know, he showed flashes. He's got size, but that doesn't make you good. Looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane, and that's kind of like what he was in a way, right? He was like for perfect, big, fast, strong arm, scared as hell out there, no confidence, and having a bad offensive line 
was part of that confidence problem. You know, I don't know if Fields is the right guy. I don't know if Bryce Young is the right guy. I don't know anything. I just know the value for trading down and then maybe even taking a shot on something crazy down there. God forbid the Georgia quarterback who's like 26 years old already turns out to be in the NFL. But like, you know, that kind of quarterback, like we saw with Brock Purdy, could be out there. It's system, it's offensive line, and it's draft capital. So I think it's great for the Bears for doing that, but I have no idea if they land on four where the Colts are. You got Arizona at number three. That's probably going to grab Will Anderson, maybe Jalen Carter, because they need to stop the run too. But right now, I think I think the Bears are playing it correctly. They're going to trade out, and I have no plays in the draft yet, Will. <laughs> No, we're too, we're too you know far out. I mean, think that this time last year nobody was talking about Walker for the first pick. I think there was three different guys rumored to be the first pick. Remember the Jags, uh, you know, it was supposed to be an offensive tackle. Then the Jags franchised their guy, so they said maybe they'll not they won't pick a tackle, be Walker. It was two or three different guys that were favored. So we still have a long way to go. I think the information will get better, get clearer as you get closer. Uh, just in terms of you know, not from a betting standpoint, but the guy that's going to be fascinating in the draft. And I, you could talk me into either way of this because, you know. There's a, the old adage that you don't take a running back too high in the draft. You look at Pacheco going in the seventh round. Look at all the good running backs: Henry, Taylor, Nick Chubb. None of them went in the Ka- first Kamara, round. You know, Kamara, you know, Kamara, yeah. Dalvin Cook. So why take a running back early? You can get them at any time. I believe that. But also the Texas running back Robinson has a chance to be like an Adrian Peterson, like a best running back in the league, home run hitter type of guy. Somebody's gonna bite on him now. It's got to be a luxury pick. You can't be a bad team picking a running back, but you know if you're somebody like the Bills that needs to hit home runs against the Chiefs, that needs to control the ball. You know with Cincy, it has to be a good team. Does Philly? It has to be a luxury pick. You know, but does does a good team at some point trade up or or at some point bite on Robinson because man, he's a hell of a player. It's you know it's sort of competing thoughts where hey, I don't want to pick a running back early, but then you got this guy who is just a game changer. So that's gonna be fascinating one, uh, fascinating one to watch. Absolutely, and um. I, I thought he's the best, and I watched him. He he is the best. He's the best running yeah. back in the draft. Um, they don't have running back props out yet, but I also saw someone who I believed that was the best running back in the draft, and Jonathan Taylor get picked second. He ran a four three forty. He is two hundred thirty pounds, and he got picked second. You know, he was like, look, he was kind of like the Saquon right. Barkley to my Badgers. You know, and I was like, really, you pick Edwards Alaire? Now Edwards Alaire had his injuries issues, and he played for a great LSU team, but. Jonathan Taylor is an NFL running back, and I thought that was a miss. Now, Jonathan Taylor had a bad year last year, but that doesn't mean that you know what we saw in his speed shouldn't have put him out front. But, yeah, it's all about the price. I'm excited to get in the draft, Will, and I think me and you are going to talk a little bit more about it as the weeks come on. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great time of year and it's, uh, it's bettable. You know, it's, uh, you, you can get some good value. It's just hard to keep up with all the information as the sports book. So it'll be interesting to see what they post. And of course it's, uh, it, it's one event where it helps to have so many different outs, sort of like the Super Bowl because you get so much different variance in all the lines and uh, it's a great way to make money. It sure is, man. Well, let's flip into pitchers and catchers coming in, baby baseball future bets. Now, I think we dabbed, dabbled on this a little bit last time we talked, but what kind of bets have you made so far, and what was your thought process behind it? Just a couple season win totals. I bet under 61.5 for Washington. I like picking on bad teams in good divisions. Now, they've changed the structure a little bit. For the past 
I don't know, dozen plus years, it's been you played every division opponent 19 times each. So if you're a bad team in a good division, you're really screwed because that's 50 something games, 80, uh, what is it, four divisions, almost 80 games against your division. Um, so they've changed it a little bit. I think it's 14 now, but still, that's a lot of games where if you're a bad team in a good division, you're going to get beat up. And if you look at Washington, Philly went to the World Series and they add Trey Turner. The Mets won 100 games, the Braves won 100 games. The Marlins have really good pitching. Washington is just a really bad team, a total rebuild. Sounds like they got a decent return for Soto, but they're a complete uh, you know, rebuilding project. To me, that's like a 55-win team. They're going to be awful. So I bet the under Washington. And you know, same sort of line of thinking. I bet under Red Sox wins. I think there's a 78-and-a-half out there. To me, good division. Baltimore's gotten a lot better. Tampa's always good. Toronto's obviously extremely talented, and the Yankees are still the Yankees. That's really good pitching, uh, and they bring Judge back, so they're always going to win their 95-plus games. To me, Boston just does not have any pitching. They're relying on guys like Sale and Paxton and, and Kluber, these older guys who have had injuries in, in that small ballpark to boot. Uh, to me, that they're in for a long season. They you know, they lose Bogarts. They did bring back Devers, but to me, you know, story's out for the year, it looks like. Uh, Boston, I think, is in for a long, seri- uh, a long season, so those were two – Season win totals I played and took a little stab at Acuna. Ronald Acuna, 13-1 to to win National League MVP. Uh, American League MVP, it's so hard with Otani and everything he's going to do on both sides of the ball. Judge, if he's healthy, he's probably going to hit his 45-50 homers. I can't see, I can't find any value in the American League market. But to me, Acuna probably came back a little too early from the knee injury that he suffered two Julys ago. He wasn't the same player this year, but when he's healthy, he's as good as anybody with the speed, the power. He'll be on a good team, so he'll be at the front of everybody's minds. Uh, Acuna, thirteen to one, is a guy I think is a good bet for the MVP. Acuna Matata, my friend, uh, is yes. uh, he is there a comeback player of the year award? I, I don't pay attention I don't to think that. They do that for baseball? They should, right? <laughs> yeah, more things to bet on. I totally agree. Yeah, more things. That's what we need. More things to bet on. I'm sure the books will get creative and eventually. Uh, get on the bandwagon here. Yeah, Boston. 70- they don't do it for basketball either. I don't think they just do most improved player. They don't do comeback player of the year. So it's weird, you know, the, the awards they come up with. Yeah, totally. And you crushed the awards, by the way, in the NFL. So congratulations for that. Thank you. <laughs> it was awesome. Boston seventy-seven and a half, and then you know it's so funny. I'm looking at this Washington sixty-one and a half, and the under is minus one twenty. This is saying they're losing a hundred games, so it's like a yep. it's a ballsy bet to make. Um, but the, you're right. I mean, how can you go over in this division? It is so strong. You know, it's amazing. The NL. Yeah, and it's, it's not like the NFL where there's parity. It's a short season. You know, all these teams are kind of close. If you're a bad team, you can get hot, and, and you're in every game. Like in baseball, the cream rises to the top. You're going to get killed by the teams like the Dodgers and the Mets. If you don't have the pitching, like you can have a good week or two, but over the course of 162 games, you're just going to get buried if you don't have the talent. Fair enough. So the Rangers have moved down a little bit. This has been like a trendy play for some sharper betters. Some of our mutual friends have been on, uh, jumped on this, Will. Um, I mean, why is that? Um, I, you know, I look and I like their moves. They made some really nice moves, uh, you know, getting some pitching, I believe. And yeah. they, and, and certainly in the bullpen, I believe Eovaldi and there's a couple other guys, you know, that they grabbed. Um, trying to remember offhand off the top of my head, I have to probably relook at it. But um, uh, Andrew Heaney, uh, Odorizzi, Jake from, uh, you know, obviously he was with the Houston Astros, I believe. And then uh, Martin Perez, right? 
So those those are some amazing bullpen moves. And a lot of people were saying that's what they were lacking last year was their bullpen. A couple guys, Seeger's there. What do you think about this? I mean, it's funny. You see Houston's a massive favorite, minus 750 to win the division. They're, but them to make the playoffs, I'm seeing 175 plus 190. Is that worth a stab to yeah. make the playoffs, you think? It's not to me. It's not worth a bet. It, I okay. could see where people price in the improvement because, look, Degrom was already dealing with side tightness. Doesn't sound like it's serious, but hey, the fact that you're dealing with anything at the moment you yes. clock in it, spring training is concerning. But when he's healthy, he's the best pitcher basically in the sport. And you're going to add that to a team that got Seager two off seasons ago. You got Marcus Simeon, uh, like you said, you bring in Evaldi and the Pythagorean run theory here with them is you know they they were probably they outperformed their record or their, they should have been better than their record last year based on run score runs allowed. So people are looking at that stat thinking they can get a boost. Bruce Bochy's a guy who's won championships. So there's a lot of things with the arrow pointing up. Like you said, though, it's priced into the number. I don't see a ton of value there. I wouldn't be shocked if they went over. wouldn't be shocked if they went under. Uh, so that's that's a no play for me. Right. There is a lot of strength up top in that. Uh, you know, um, I'm sure that, you know, to make the playoffs, the wild cards are going to be pretty hot, especially in the uh, – American League East and yeah it, it just seems like there's not enough room almost but there is seven teams still that make it right too many teams man it used to be so hard to make the playoffs <laughs> yeah. in baseball now it's like it's sort of March Madness where hey you just you're around 500 you're good enough to get in and the postseason's a whole new uh a whole new season so yeah there's there's that added element of you now you got a bunch of wild card teams it used to be I mean I remember when we were kids there was no wild card and it was a big deal when they added one wild card team now it's you're up to, to multiple wild card teams. Definitely a, yeah. a, a different different feel to it. Oh, no doubt. You know, no doubt. You know, I took a shot with uh, the Royals at thirty three to one, and the reason I did, I, I just think their bullpens needs or not bullpen their uh, their farm system needs a gel at some point here. You know, they've been bad for a while. They've been kind of building that up now. They don't have the money, but we've seen the Royals shock some people. Right. Uh, you know, five six years ago, whatever it was now. But um, you know that just that division, the AL Central, it, it's just bad. You know the White Sox are kind of going down right now. Um, Cleveland, great year last year, and I, and I was surprised from what they did. But you know they weren't massively impressive on the batting side of things, and they lost a few pitchers. Uh, I, I, Detroit is Detroit. You know, I, I just think Kansas City at thirty-five to one worth a little beer money to me. Absolutely, and if you're going to pick a sleeper. Go look at the AL Central or look at the NL Central because you, you avoid like the big boys, the Yankees and the Blue Jays in the East, uh, the Mets and the Braves in the NL East, the Dodgers in the NL West. It's hard, like I said, it's hard to have a fluke, you know, champion over 162. You need to find a division where it's a little softer, like the NL Central. All right, the Brewers are good, but they have flaws. Same thing with the Cardinals, you know, those teams like the Reds, the Pirates. It's a softer division. And same thing with the AL Central, whereas there's not that dominant team. You don't, you know, sit there and, and tremble that you have to face the Indians or the White Sox, the Guardians or the White Sox. I'm still not used to it. I'm still not in baseball form. But uh, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, either Central Division is probably where you're looking for a sleeper. And I could buy the Royals. Absolutely. Well, the Cubs win total is only 77 and a half right now. And I kind of like yeah. that to the over. Um, they made some of the best moves in there. Now, I know Wilson Contreras did go to the Cardinals, which was a brutal move for us Cub fans. But man, they spent some money here. They have a pretty good farm system. A couple guys that might develop here coming into the season here and, and uh you know as long as their bullpen holds up here and they just get a little bit better on the bats they have a shot to uh not only compete for that division but 77 and a half is very winnable especially when you got the pirates <laughs> you got the reds over there 
Yeah, it's fun when the Cubs are good. I mean, they had that stretch. They won a, not only did they win the World Series, it looked like they were set up to, you know, compete for a long time with that core with Bryant and mm-hmm. Schwarber and all those young players. And it just it sort of fizzled <laughs> quickly because they were in the playoffs and won a series the next year. And it was like, all right, you know what? That was their year. Um, you know, it, it was the year after who, you know, NLCS. It's it, that's a good year to follow up with the World Series. And since then, man, it just it went downhill so quickly. It didn't work out with Madden for whatever reason. And they, man, they didn't want to pay those guys or whatever. They totally scrapped things. But thank God they did. Good again. Thank God they yeah. did. Look at how bad yeah. Bryant Bryant's contract and Bias is right, right? now. Right, oh, Bias is a disaster. Rizzo's Horrible. Rizzo's okay. He's Rizzo. Rizzo's right. Rizzo. But uh, Schwarber's the only one that kind of did something a little bit with the Phillies. And you know, it's funny yeah. people would have picked him last because they you know always ripped on his defense. He went from catcher to left field and actually did okay. You know, I mean, for what right. the size of his body and everything. Thing. So I was pretty proud of what Schwarber did. I always liked Schwarber, and uh, you know, who knows? I, we'll see who develops him. I'm just feel really bad for what Chris Bryant's doing. I think he's in his own head, and uh, you know, he just needs to. He needs something, man, because it was you know him, him and Bryce Harper were friends, and they, they were the kind of guys that were you know kind of buddies coming in, and you know, Chris is just not living up to it. But he is getting paid, so can't feel too sorry for people that make a lot of money, my friend. Yeah, those cashes are those uh, those checks are cashed, and he went to Colorado, which he figures a great place to hit. I mean, who knows how many games they're going to win? But that's a place where he should put up a lot of numbers. Just you know, couldn't stay on the field last year. Yeah, as our buddy Mike North said, not one home run in Colorado the first half of the year. How is that possible? Jesus, amazing. That was that's hard to do, my friend. I think me and you can do it on a good day. Jesus, <laughs> moving on. For sure. For sure. Let, let's move on to some college basketball then, and uh, I would like to. Before we, you know, talk about a couple games that we like, I picked two, and I think you might have picked two. Uh, I, I always like to ask my guests this now that we're kind of sniffing March Madness a little bit. Uh, what team is a little bit under the radar here and uh, might make some noise in the NCAA tournament? Might have some value to take a bet on them. Yeah, I went back and forth with this, and it's kind of in my own head. Like, is, do you mean somebody that can actually win the title or somebody that can just make a run? Because you know, with college um, basketball, Cinderella. I'm gonna okay, say go I'm gonna say make a run because I don't I don't because you can bet Final Four which you can right. hedge out of that in the Elite Eight you know you can hedge right. maybe even hedge out of it in the Sweet Sixteen if you got the number so right. so let's go make noise let's make noise I'll go with St Mary's I, I love the point guard I love the coach I think they just play smart on offense they play a style that teams aren't used to oh boy that point guard is a freshman but he's a hell of a player we saw him on display against Gonzaga in that game a couple of weeks ago don't so tell me I had Gonzaga plus three and a half and it went overtime <laughs> that was a tough one man that was a tough one you were you were covering every second and you almost had a, a buzzer beater and a put back and yeah that was a that was a hell of a game but it was. obviously not if you had the plus three and a half I'll go with St. Mary's <laughs> to me they're a tough team to play I like their guard play uh, usually it's Gonzaga making a run out of that conference. I'm going to go with St. Mary's this year. Yeah, St. Mary's uh, fifth-ranked defense on Ken Palm. I mean, even their offense is ranked 32nd, you know, so that's pretty good. They're shooting the three ball really well, 36.9%. Uh, no disagreements there. I think they got to get their free throws in order a little bit, 69.4%. It's not terrible, but it's, you know, in the bottom echelon of the league. Uh, really great at controlling the ball. Steal percentage, seven. You know, they're, they rank fifth in the – whole league 363 teams and uh not stealing the ball 58th and uh turnover so that's amazing and so i like the pick i'm gonna go a little bit more off, uh, off the radar here and this i thought was bettable at least right now there's teams that are in like ken palm torvik has the metrics whatever you look at ranked from 30th to 70th 
Some are not going to make the tournament because they don't have the wins, and some are. Well, the one I'm picking is Northwestern, and um, you know, whoa. Well, here's here's the here's the deal. I like it. They don't know that they're not supposed to be good, and they are, are riding on a lot of you know just pure adrenaline. They're not the best shooting team, but man, when they catch a run, they catch a run. And beating Purdue in Indiana again, Indiana was on a road revenge. They just started blowing Indiana out of the water. It sh- it tells me that this team has something, something that I look for in the tournament. Now, what I also look for in NCAA tournament is how teams do away from home. Haslametrics has a great ranking for that. It's called home away. Uh, discrepancy i believe it's under if, if you look at Haslam metrics you can go under the fingerprint and it will tell you they're fifth in the nation away from home okay so that tells me that they can win on the road they do they're great underdogs have they had their stupid hiccups yeah i can't figure out how you lost to michigan twice you know i mean a, a lot of teams have that right. uh, but Especially just this year but they're in the tournament with the illinois win the indiana win the Purdue win and the other Indiana win, the two Wisconsin wins, Michigan State win, Liberty, they're in the tournament, 19 and 7 right now. They could lose out and they're in. And you can get them at 120 to 1 to win the tournament. But even more importantly, like I'm talking Final Four, 30 to 1 right now to make the Final Ooh. Four. Very hedgeable. Get to the Sweet 16. That is hedgeable. You know, those two games Absolutely. that they have. So I love Northwestern to make a run, Will. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, there's always a debate. Do you take that long shot number, which is sexy, and you just put it in your account and you forget it? Or do you just sort of go mechanical parlay and go money line, roll it over money line again? Sometimes you're better off doing that. So that requires some math. It requires some projections. But of course, just keep there, keep that in mind for everyone listening out there. Just to make sure you get the best bang for your buck and uh, just do the math of it. Correct. Some of these long shot prices, I mean, we could talk directly. Hey, I like St. Mary's, but sometimes these books, they rip you off. They don't give you oh, the yeah. best number. You're better off just going game by game. I'll give you an example. Baylor, I want 25 to 1. Now, the reason they're at 20 to 1, which I think might even have a little value because I see them as a minimum two seed. But with Baylor, they have Kansas on the road, then Kansas State on the road. So I'm waiting for them to right. dr- possibly drop one of them. And if they don't, I can still do a mechanical parlay. Maybe they are yeah. one seed. You know, it's not like not like I still don't, can't pick them. But, you know, at this point, an injury can happen. 20-1 uh, to is not quite enough for me um, on a team that, you know, isn't a very tough Big 12. So uh, great, great points. Mechanical parlay is something to look at because it gives you options. You just have to remember to do it. A lot of people right. will, will forget to grab that. Money when they chicken out, you know what? You go you, you go in with the mindset, hey, I'm going to do a money line. I'm going to roll it over. I'm going to roll over. Then you start to see those that money becomes real, and you say, oh, I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid to you know pull the trigger. Or you you lose it betting something else. There's other ways to go off the rails with that one too. Yeah, 100%. There certainly is. Well, let's move in to some games then for the weekend, my friend. Now, um, I didn't take any looks for Friday. I usually like to mention it, so at least let me kind of just – uh, share my screen, get that out of the way. This is on Haslametrics. It looks like Yale versus Penn is the number one rated game there we go. on Friday. There you go. Ivy League going on. Well, Ivy League's usually one I kind of stay away from. I only bet overs in the Ivy League, but um, <laughs> you know this would be an exciting game to possibly look at. I think that uh, San Jose State is really interesting uh, at uh, against New Mexico. I believe they're uh, at home, I thought. I'll even pull it up right now. Uh, yeah, they are at home against New Mexico, and they're projected 
to win here. And I think the books haven't more a pick him. I'm going to ha- have a tough time talking myself off San Jose State. I think that they're due for some positive regression. Uh, if you look at their free throw luck, it's 360th in the nation, meaning teams are just hitting free throws against them. That's just luck. You know, it, it's not their fault, but um, I, I'm going to be looking at them. I knew New, I know New Mexico had that big start, but they've been a great fade since January. But let's move into Saturday where everybody's watching the games. You have some big SEC games all over the board. Why don't you start us off, Will, pick a game? Uh, I'll go TCU at home against Oklahoma State. I, you know, when you asked me for a sleeper, I thought about taking TCU because I really liked their team. I thought they were going to possibly win the Big 12 regular season, but their whole team got, or not their whole team got hurt, but Lampkin, their best rebounder, uh, Miles, their best scorer, their point guard, he got hurt and they haven't been able to win a game since. And it's just their season's gotten off the rails. So now, now might be a good buy low uh, situation for them. They get Oklahoma State at home. Those guys were close to coming back last night. I thought they'd get one or two of them back last night, so maybe they get both back on Saturday. There's a lot of talent there. They're great in transition. They sort of check a lot of boxes in terms of being a balanced team. And, of course, they're home, man. It's just not to oversimplify because I go on these spots and I have to talk for you know a minute, uh, a minute and a half about these games. Sometimes it just comes down to home court. It's really hard to win on the road in these good conferences. I think TCU, if they get their guys back, They'll bounce back and they'll beat Oklahoma State on Saturday. You read my mind because right before you came on, I did a buy low, sell high segment, and TCU was buy low for me. They were sell high two weeks ago when Mike Miles got hurt, but I'm now bringing them back to buy low. This team's too good to not be good. Now, Mike Miles is the best uh, player of their team. He was actually ranked the number one shooting guard for a while, too, Um, in some different rankings I've seen. And, you know, he was a massive loss. But now he practiced on Monday. There was a rumor he was going to play on Wednesday, which I got burned on, by the way, but he didn't. But I think the fact that he practiced shows that he's almost ready to come back. And why would you rush a guy back when you're already in the tournament? You know, you don't have to – you're not going to win the Big 12 regular season now with the the six losses that you have or whatever it is, six or seven now. So you you have no real rush to bring him back. But I will be watching, and I'm going to – be watching this line because against Oklahoma State, um, he could definitely they could make it definitely come back, and they're at home, and so they're looking at about a four point favorite on Ken Palm. I think Oklahoma State has probably peaked a little bit. They lost against Kansas. I want I could definitely see them dumping this one by over five points. So this is on my radar. Will nice, and I got one more. Do you want you want to go or you want me? I'll to go, go. I'll go. Then you go. Um, okay, go ahead. And you know, it's funny. I was going to pick that game, so I'm really glad that you picked that to start us off. Um, I'm going to go with another big 12 game, Iowa state versus Kansas state. I project Kansas state to be about, about minus two. The total is 134. This is a spot play. Iowa state did a good job against TCU last night. Of course it was without Mike miles. Like we just talked about Iowa state, Jekyll and Hyde from their home and road splits at home, shooting 54% effective field goal. On the road, 49. It's not a massive discrepancy, but it's something. Kansas State has had some bad home road splits, but they're at home now. And their only home loss this year came to Texas. I mean, that's okay. They lost by three points to Texas. I will forgive them for that. Now, this team lost four of their last five games. Three of them were on the road. I think this is just a great spot play. And um, I kind of have both of these teams equal on paper. I tried to get a metric advantage here. I couldn't really find a metric advantage that was significant enough on either side. Now, Kansas State for a while was a little bit overrated, but now losing four of the last five, 
Jerome Tang has done a fantastic job. This is a big get-up spot. This would be a big win for them. I'm probably going to take them at the two, and um, I, I, I probably would like it up to three. Will I like it? I like it. I'm totally with you. That's uh, I faded. I faded them against Oklahoma the other night, but I'll I'll probably be back in, in that one. I think it's a good spot for them. Yeah, I do as well. So, what else you have for Saturday? I'm going to look at boy. Kentucky needs every win they can to get in this tournament, and it's funny to even say that. And boy, the, these blue bloods have not had a great year with Kentucky, Duke, even Villanova, UNC. But I think Kentucky at home against Tennessee. Now they beat Tennessee already, so Tennessee's going to have revenge. But Tennessee's coming off a game where they beat the number one team in the country in Bama, so maybe a little bit of a letdown spot going to Lexington. And I just don't like Tennessee's offense, especially on the road. I never trust Rick Barnes. I think this is a spot where Kentucky can get them at home again. You know, when in doubt, go with the home teams here. These games are all so close, and I just don't trust Tennessee's offense. I think, you know, so many teams can win it all. I would not put Tennessee in that category just because I think their offense is so hot and cold. So I will take uh, I'll take the Wildcats here on Saturday. It's a great play, and I'm glad he brought that up because this is going to be Tennessee revenge. Revenge is what you're going to hear all Saturday morning. It's going to be we want revenge for losing at home, you know, to uh, to to Kentucky to the Cats. Well, the Cats play good when their backs are against the ball. You've seen it last night. You know, they were dogs against Mississippi State. They won outright. They took care of Florida. Um, Vanderbilt's actually a better team now. They they handled them pretty easily away. Since that Tennessee win, you know, they beat Texas A&M. Now they're at home against Tennessee. What I like is this line is going to probably creep up and up. You might even be able to get a five, you know, five and a half in this situation. So um, I like Kentucky for sure. Anything three maybe even better than that um and i think you're going to get a better line and the one thing that's interesting and i got burned on this a little i I thought savari wheeler was a little bit more important to them but apparently you know he didn't play his last the last three games they played very well uh last night against mississippi state without savari wheeler it's almost like sometimes this team can step up without some guys that might sometimes take a few too many shots you know um you you know going two for eight from two isn't a good thing you know for Savari Wheeler you know it's almost like some of those times they shot a lot they've lost those games Will so um it's a great spot and and you know Oscar Shishibwe has everything to play for him yeah and we've seen this before with Kentucky teams in the past where they kind of you know get through the regular season they don't look impressive there was a year they went to the national championship game I think is an eight seed in 2014 where you know, they, they slog through the regular season, but eventually the talent takes over. And when you're Kentucky, even on a down year, you have a baseline of talent where you can c- sort of compete with anybody. So I think eventually that talent uh, shines through. Not that they're going to make a deep run because this is a flawed team, but I think this is a good spot for them here on Saturday. Yeah, right. And you still might get Frederick back as well uh, coming on Saturday. He's questionable with a rib injury, but you might get him back. So that'd be a definitely plus to that handicap. I'm going to go with an ACC game, my friend. And the ACC has been wild this year. Duke versus Syracuse. And right in close to your backyard, but somewhat. Uh, this is Only be six a, hours away. Only six hours. Farther than me, man. <laughs> but, uh, uh, pick them is what I'm guessing. Okay. And, and, uh, I, and the total is going to be 139 now. I believe Ken Palm has... Uh, even Duke favored a little bit in this, but I'm not gonna. I'm not buying it. I'm gonna say that the that the market is gonna put this instead of Duke being favored, it's gonna be more of a pick'em. I still 
am going orange on this one. Um, I love this game every year. Now, it used to be Coach K with Bayheim against each other, the two great minds. But this Duke team is so different than what I remember. They almost kind of feel like just that middle-of-the-road team that gets hot at home and cold on the road. Syracuse, they're 2-3 defense, that 2-3 zone. It shows up sometimes. They don't play a lot of defense, but they tend to do well against Duke. But at home, I love the, how they shoot. 54.1% at home, effective field goal percent. They're knocking threes. Duke, uh, man, they're terrible on the road. They rank like 259th in home road discrepancy. You know, it is massive. Now, Duke does play some st- solid defense. They're a little bit better on the boards. But, um, you know, I, I, that's what I worry about with Syracuse is the fact that they don't rebound on defense. But the fact that Duke is sloppy, they turn the ball over, ranking 233rd in turnovers. I think Syracuse is great at fast break points. That's where I kind of see the difference. Now, I thought about the under, but I am worried about Syracuse not getting the uh uh, defensive rebounds and i'm worried about duke turning the ball making the fast break so if this is at 139 i will probably stay away from the under but if it gets above 141 i will definitely look to the under but right now i'm playing the orange two stars they could be that last team in and make another argument my friend that's what they always do will oh my god it's year and it's like groundhog day every year it's <laughs> behind politics and to get in and usually when they get in to be fair they make a run and you, you know, a lot of times during that first four game and you look up and they're in the sweet 16 so Bayham knows his way around these tournaments and these big games so i might uh i might end up tailing you on that one and boy these these saturday cards they've just gotten so big i don't know if there's extra teams now in division one and all these teams moving up but you, know, you go through a Saturday card and the list, it's like you know, going through the phone book. There's like 150, 160 games. It's amazing. Oh, my God. It is amazing. Now, Oklahoma at Texas is going to be a big game on Saturday. Now, Texas is projected to be like a 10 or 11-point spread. It's a lot of points. That's a lot of points for an end-of-the-year game like this. Oklahoma 13-13 yeah. and 13 fighting to stay 500, fighting for possible relevancy to you know be considered – there's no way I can lay that with Texas. So that's going to be probably a lean to me unless until I handicap it a little bit more. Uh, Kansas Baylor. How about that game? I don't know why this isn't listed as the top game here. Um, They have UCLA is probably the top team. So they have them playing Cal on Haslametrics, but Kansas versus Baylor is the best game of the weekend. In my opinion, that's going to be interesting. So Kansas is probably going to be a, a two and a half to three point spread. Anything just playing with that three is probably going to force me to play Baylor. Um, I just love the fact that Chamu Chacho is back. LJ Cryer and Flagler have been just absolutely fantastic. This is going to be a fun game, and Kansas has a tough stretch coming up, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, that should be a fun one and good chance one. Yeah, I would say that we'll probably see it again. Big 12 uh, title game rematch, but that t- that. Co- conference is so deep and so balanced that you never know what's going to happen in that tournament that's going to be a hell of a tournament yeah absolutely you got indiana versus illinois now illinois losing ugly game to penn state where was it brutal was it wheeler or who who was the one that scored 41 points uh jalen turner i i forgot his name i have to pull it up here but yeah i mean this is a weird game too because indiana's coming off two losses here 
And, uh, you know, Illinois is coming off a road loss. What's going to give in this one? You know, these are supposed to be two of the top three Big Ten teams. I think it's a great game. I would look to the over just blind right now without capping it. Uh, you got an Indiana team that ranks number 52 in average possession length. They do play pretty solid defense, but, man, uh, this just screams over to me. Uh, Illinois is on the road here, and they're going to have to put up some points on the road. But, yeah, uh, Penn State, I'll, I'll tell you, it was Jalen Pickett that did that. Yeah. That's who it was. Yep. So, so Hell of a player. Oh, my God, hell of a player. Definitely a number one uh, Big Ten guard there for sure. Um, Sunday. Transfer, too, right? Wasn't he a transfer? Um. I could actually check real quick. I I, I, th- I thought he was okay. Sienna two years ago. Yep, that's transfer. what it was. Yeah, he was on yep. Sienna for a while. And Sienna was a dang good team back in 2020 from the Metro yeah, Atlantic Athletic Conference. How far are you from Sienna? Not too far, maybe hour and a half, maybe. Okay, not okay. too far. Okay, yeah, yeah that Metro Atlantic was Sienna the best team. In, or no, I was Iona the best team in the MAC last year. I think it was because. As crazy as the, as the St. Peter's run was, they weren't even the best team in their own conference. I think they were a two or three seed in their own their own conference. They ended up going to the Elite Eight, which is just amazing. Yeah, I think I think it was Iona. Um, they're ranked the highest. They yeah. they uh, met they lost a rider last year. Yep. in their That's tournament. What it was. That's was that was uh, how crazy that tournament was. Um, did St. Peter's win it? Yeah, they had to have because they went that had that right. big big run and finally lost to North Carolina, but. That was so exciting and certainly got their coach a uh, nice job over there at Seton Hall. So Absolutely. That's uh, another great story. So let's touch on uh, Sunday real quick. I I did look at Sunday, and, of course, I'm kind of surprising you with this, but um, I, there's some great games. You got Northwestern versus Iowa. Is Northwestern going to have enough in them to beat another big team? That's going to be fun. Remember, no football on Sunday. You got college basketball, right? <laughs> Uh, Purdue, Ohio State. I don't know what to say about Ohio State. Let's see if what they do tonight. Jesus, they it's like they quit, man. Uh, I'm a little worried. Their, their get right, their get right spots have come and gone, and this will be the day they turn it on. I thought Michigan State was a decent spot for them last Sunday. It's yeah. just at some point, it's you know, it's it, it's not going to happen. If it hasn't happened by now, it's hard to see it happening. It's very hard to see it happen. I'm going to go with Maryland versus Nebraska here on a quick handicap. Uh, Nebraska, man, I, I I hit that money line at plus six thirty uh, two nights ago at Rutgers. You know, I just thought nice. I, that was fun. But Nebraska is that other team similar to Vanderbilt. You know, ranked in the nineties ish on the Ken Palms that are probably better than that. You know, and they're playing for integrity. Um, they're probably not going to make it, but this would this game could get them to five hundred. You know, it's like. Maryland's real weakness is shooting the three. They only rank 335th uh, from the arc. Nebraska's at home, so if they get a jump, it puts pressure on Maryland to shoot a three. They're going to be home dogs of Ken Palm says four, Haslametric says six. Um, I just like their emergence here of that point guard. I think it's Kesai Tominaga is how to say it. I'm not 100% sure. I've been watching him. He beat my Badgers in overtime. But he's shooting 41% from the arc. Now, Maryland's strength is inside, but uh, 6'9", Derek Walker, 6'9", Sam, or 6'7", Sam Grissel has been keeping Rutgers in the game defensively. I I just kind of like the momentum they have. And uh, they have some quality home wins. Iowa they beat at home. Ohio State. Penn State and Wisconsin at home. This should not be four points. So 
I will be on Nebraska on Sunday, Will. And maybe you get Maryland off a letdown spot because I like them. I don't know when people listen to this, but I like Maryland tonight against Purdue. I think they sort of gave everyone the blueprint when they played three or four weeks ago against Purdue where you pressure their guards and Purdue can turn it over. I don't really love that Purdue backcourt. I think that's a weakness. So I think Maryland wins tonight and maybe you get – a little bit of a flat spot for Maryland this weekend. Oh, man, I'm waiting for a three. Don't you be telling people, buddy. Come on. <laughs> you think we'll get a three? If, if you don't get a three, you tell it says it's the right side, doesn't it? Um, right. No, it's down to one even. So, yeah, I mean, I looked at this morning, and obviously this the Maryland money came in. I totally agree with the Maryland money here because, you know, Zach Eady, first of all, I love Purdue and the way they play the game. You know, I love rim teams and three teams. I don't right, like, me I don't, too. I don't like mid-range stuff. But what I will say is that um, Maryland's got the size to at least disrupt ED a little bit. And if they can get that done, then uh, I think they're going to go a long way because Purdue's on the road here. People are going to think it's a big get-up spot because, you know, they're playing after a loss. No, Maryland's actually extremely good on the inside, um, and they could be defending ED. They don't shoot a lot of threes, and they don't make a lot of threes. But at home, I think they have a better shot here. I'm actually really hoping they beat Purdue because this makes my line juicier on Will. So that's what I'm Absolutely. looking for. Absolutely, yeah, that would uh, that would work for me too. You just you always have to worry about you know you're playing Purdue. You don't want to get killed in terms of the free throw disparity, offensive rebounds, things like that. But I think it's a decent spot for Maryland tonight. Yeah, let's hope that uh, the free throws. Obviously, you get a ton of them with Edie getting fouled down there. Absolutely, Will. Well, we're out of time, my man. Awesome breakdowns of college basketball this weekend. Where could our listeners and viewers get your great information and media? Well, appreciate you having me, man. This is fun. As always, I'm on VEASAN four or five days a week, so I'll tweet out those. And Gold Boys Discord, uh, goldboys.com, twitch.tv slash goldboysnetwork. We have Twitch shows a few times a week. So, man, this was fun. It's a great time of the year. Recharge your batteries a little bit, but a lot of college basketball, before you know it, baseball, the draft, and you know, NFL will be back before we know it. So appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. All right, man. Well, we love it. And we always appreciate you coming on, Will. So thanks again. Best of luck of the weekend, my man. See you, Kim. A huge thanks to Will Hill for sharing his knowledge on this podcast. We're going to be talking more NFL draft for the weeks to come. Obviously, a ton of college basketball and some of the big UFC events. Thank you so much. For listening to this show, please rate, review, and subscribe if you have a minute. It greatly helps us. I hope you win all of your plays this weekend. And as always, go get some winners.